Dodge making my clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen elected a quarter Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back then, but this bike might be pretty smart, I reckon. Sivana Hood, the Leonin G'day legends, welcome back to a massive second again racing podcast, it's obviously a special, we're doing a bit of a mini episode, we're just going to cover the great race, the, it's not the best three minutes in sport, but it is the race that stops the nation, I am joined by the one and only, I'm looking at him, we're not in the same state, but I'm looking at him, Jackson Laurie, brother, talk to me, how are uh, we? Yeah mate, feel fantastic over here in Melbourne mate, uh, if any of the uh, punters out there think we're not committed to this, it's a Monday afternoon. We've both got stuff going on. We've flicked up the Zoom. We've gone back to the old ways and we made sure there's a podcast getting in for Tuesday. So hopefully the punters found something on Saturday and hopefully we've got more coming tomorrow. Absolutely. We're not going to cover um, much of a, a review from the weekend. We just want to keep this strictly to the cup business, um, make it a nice and sharp episode for all you busy people out there that you can listen on your way to work tomorrow. Um, but just quietly, really nice weekend for the second again, lads, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that as well. But, mate, big results, especially at odds as well. I think there was a few that might have got unnoticed. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's build that up to Saturday. For sure. I've got something sick to tell you. Here we go. Real sick. So I've just began my university placement at a little primary school, which I'm very excited about. I enjoy that, that side of things. So day one today, anyway. I'm sitting there and obviously got asked, well, you know, what's going, what are you doing this afternoon? And I said, oh, I've got to record a podcast for um, for the cup tomorrow. And the lady that I'm working with does know that we, we do this podcast. She's well well known. And anyway, so I said, oh, so what does the school do for, for cup day? Like, what's the what's the go? And they go, oh, we do a um, we do a Melbourne cup lunch and all that sort of stuff. I was like, awesome. Um, and three o'clock rolls around, like we put the race on the screen. No. Nah. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, we don't. No, nah, we don't do that. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that here. We're not allowed to put the race on while school's in session. Uh, oh, right, right. Uh, let me just check what time the race is. I know it's usually three o'clock, but maybe it's three fifteen for some reason this year. No, nah, it's three on the dot. Mm-hmm. School finishes at three o five. Do you know what that means? It means crook, crook, crook business. I'm going to be watching the cup at three thirty seven. No, as a replay. Oh no! <laughs> I know. Oh, sure, surely you just start coughing at about two thirty. You start coughing, or or I don't know, grab a hamstring or something. Just say so you pulled something. Away you go. Surely, like, how do I operate this? That's the no. thing. Like, how am I going to actually operate? Like, is it a? Oh, it's absolutely sick. I'm just hoping that the race runs three minutes behind, like it usually does, and if I can just switch on at the three oh six and. Our top selection reaches the front below the 200, as Matt Hill will call it. Uh, then hopefully I've chimed at the right, right time. Yeah. But you, you'll be on bus. You'll be on bus duty taking the kids across the road, and you've just got the phone out. <laughs> Talk about a way to like completely just fail your placement on day two. I reckon I'm a big chance. Um, look, 
it is the Melbourne Cup. It's the Lexus Melbourne Cup. What's it worth now? Seven and a half million or something. Yeah. Nearly 10, yeah, seven and a half million. So they're the numbers keep climbing in terms of value for this race. It's not uh, it's not a vintage cup field, but we've still come up with some nice horses and we've obviously got some overseas raiders that are coming here as well. Um, we're going to roll through it. So we're going to do um, the entire race and we're going to run through each runner. First of all, as we always do, we're going to roll through the market. So we've got Deauville Legend. Uh, the import is $3.70, top of the market, very firm favourite. Um, Loft has obviously come out of the field. That was the big news during the week. It was looking like the second top pick for the Raiders. Um, it was around that seven, eight dollar mark. So it's come out. Next, without a fight, um, it's ten dollars. Then you got Realm of Flowers as well there with Montefilia at elevens. Knight's order from gate 24 is $14 with Huya Mal. So we've got three or four invaders are in the top five or six in the market, which is mm. not foreign for this race. Smoke and Roman 16s, Gold Trip 17s, Lunar Flare 20s. Jewess is $26 as well as Stockman and Bow and Declare. Emma Sari coming off that nice Geelong Cup win is $35 with High Emotion. Also winning a country's cup in its own right is 35s. Young Birder is 41s with Darshan Sweet Jr. at 41s. New Marion 46. Interesting, it's 67 into 46 as well. Interpretation 46, Kimura 61, Arapahoe 61 with Serpentine and Grand Promenade, both 80s. Charlie Rose rounds them out at $91. I don't think I've ever seen a cup without a $101 shot or more. Yeah, well, surely something comes up on Saturday. It just goes on the absolute drift. I was saying here before, in terms of the market, mate, like we've got a dominant 350, 360 favourite here in Doville Legend. The rest of the horses are still relatively hard in the market as well. You're talking about $10, $11 for a lot of the other chances, which for me is ridiculous. If you've got a $3.50 hard favourite, the rest should be 15 plus. I don't understand what the percentage is at. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, how can you have four runners that are around $10 with a 360 favourite in a 22 horse field? It's sick. It's sick. We're not mathematicians, but... No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Well, the problem is what it means for the punters is if you can get the favourite beat, you're not getting the reward that you should. Yeah, hundred percent. Walk us through um this absolutely chaotic speed map, mate. There's two main influences drawn outside in Knight's Order and Serpentine. They both roll forward. Knight's Order's obviously got the credentials at 3,200, winning that Sydney Cup. So they have to go forward from the widest barrier there. I expect them to whip across. And it's a nice big straight uh, into that first turn. So there's a good seven, 800 metres where they can just take their time working across and there shouldn't be any hard luck chances in terms of getting caught wide. New Marion has drawn towards the inside and goes forward. Tommy Berry will be positive there. Smoke and Romans is another one with the lightweight that goes forward. Tralee Rose, Gold Trip, Dyson Sweet Jr. and Interpretation not too far away. Mate, it's, it's an exciting race of the year. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through as we've done for most of the features so far. So number one, gold trip for Marin Eustace. Mark Zara retains the ride here. It has 57.5 kilos from gate 14. Jamie Spencer obviously rode this thing um, in the Cox Plate. But now we find Mark Zara, Jackson. Gets the arse. Gets the arse, old Jamie Spencer. But uh, good luck to them. But he's had a busy campaign, this runner, hasn't he? We actually talked before the podcast. His only win has come in his maiden. So to be treated as the top weight in the Melbourne Cup with 57.5 and, and you've only had one win, I think he's been poorly treated. I think they can be safe in saying they've hard, been hard done by. But his run in the Cox Plate was pretty good. I wonder what the target is, though. Was the target the Cox Plate to then drop it back in trip? I know that Very Elegant did the same sort of path through there, and there was a massive hook job in the Cox Plate before she came out and won the Melbourne Cup at odds. So it can be done. 
but I just don't think Gold Trip is the same horse as Very Elegant. I think there wouldn't be many that would say that. He was pretty good before last time uh, in the Caulfield Cup. I thought there was a decent run without much luck, but I just question the, the depth of the Caulfield Cup this year going into the Melbourne Cup, and I'm probably looking elsewhere with the weight. I thought he was a pretty good run in the Cox Plate. I know it says 9 of 12, but look, he's only finished a couple of lengths off Animo. He never got clear running in the straights, so I can see why they've kept him safe in the market. But we're talking about a top weight that's won one race. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't know if this is the horse for me. Um, and as you say, that Caulfield Cup is just a dead set mystery. Number two, Jewess uh, for Edward Cummings. Hugh Bowman gets the ride here at 55 and a half kilos and jumps from gate 10, Jackson. Yeah, look, she's a very classy type. And the more this track dries out, which we saw Flemington dry out quite a lot on Saturday, as long as the rain stays away from her, she can be treated as a, as a live chance. I think her absolute limit is soft six to where she can show her best. My big question with her is, and she was okay in the Caulfield Cup, but my main question is, once you stretch her out to 3,200, does she still have that turn of foot? I'm in the camp of saying no, and I'm going to oppose her on uh, tomorrow. I think the wet track's the big query with her, like, because it could be a soft six. Is that what we think we're going to be working with? The soft yeah, six, soft it's, sort of, it's sort of stayed around down here the last few days, but I think considering there was traffic on Saturday, probably does enough to, you know, chop the track up if there's any rain on the day. Yeah, absolutely. I'll... I'm a big fan of this horse. I think she goes really, really good. I just don't know if 3,200, as you say, is going to have her brilliance. I just don't know if she can sprint at the end of 3,000 3, metres, to be completely honest. Mm. Number three, Knight's Order. This is for Gay and Adrian. Timmy Clark takes the ride, 55 and a half kilos, and comes from the absolute car park. Doesn't get much wider than gate 24. Um, obviously came out of the Caulfield Cup and ran a nice race in the Turnbull just before that as well. But... Mm. If it was a really wet bog track and you saw some track bias, I could see how this horse figures, but not for me. Yeah, definitely. Look, they've kept him very hard in the market, haven't they? $14. But you touched on that barrier. He's going to have to start from out in the parade lounge. I might be out in the parade lounge making a bit of room for him so he can, <laughs> he can, he can have his start. But I mentioned at the top of the podcast, he's fully franked at 3,200 with that Sydney Cup win. That was obviously a bog heavy track day, which he obviously enjoys but horses just weren't making up ground that day. So I would be inclined to look away from that. But I think he can whip across them. Like I say, it's a big run into that first turn. And I think he can whip across them and TC will get him up there in the lead. I just question his strength at the end. For sure. For sure. It does look like a, a, a prep that has led to this though, mm. which I will say he's come, obviously come through Kingston Town, then the Turnbull, then the Caulfield Cup. It's quite a traditional path for horses that are looking to peak on Cup Day. So yeah, I'm not with him, but I, I, he's just gay and Adrian setting yep. the horse for the race. He's yeah. tough. He won, he won that Sydney Cup over 3,200 as well. Of course, yeah. And he was the best of the on-paces in the Caulfield Cup, it has to be said. There was a couple outside of him that pressured him, including you, Mary, and you will get to, but he outgunned or outstayed all of those. So you have to respect him in some capacity. For sure. Montefilia, this is probably the most interesting Australian runner for me, just about... Um, look, David Payne, Jason Collett with 55 and a half kilos, jumps from gate 11. The reason I say she's the interesting runner for me, she was the run of the race for the Caulfield Cup. And had no luck at all. No luck whatsoever, but her yep. final 300, she absolutely smashed the line. I thought mm. it was a really good run leading into a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, 3,200, the big query for me. Definitely. As it is with most of these runners, you're looking at, I'd say, 19 out of 23 runners that have not seen this trip. So that's the risk you've got to take. But in terms of Montefilia, I agree with you. She was the run of the Caulfield Cup. She just got chopped out at the 350 and her run absolutely stopped. 
then had to whip across to the outside. And she actually ran home the seventh best last 200 of that meeting over wow. 2,400. And that, that's pretty serious going through the line. So, you know, clearly the best of the race, but seven best over 200 is, is pretty insane for, for a staying trip. So you have to respect her. She's a wet track specialist as well. Jason Collard is a wet track jockey specialist. I think of the Australian runners, she's the one that you probably got to have on side. But again, genuine queries at two miles. For sure, for sure. And 55 and a half kilos as a mare is absolutely no, no small feat to overcome. Uh, number five, Numerian G. Talk about a horse that's just in form at the moment. Annabelle Neesham, Tommy Berry, 55 and a half kilos, jumps from gate seven. This this horse just, he's doing everything but win at the moment. He's really, he's plugging away in all of his races. He obviously ran a super second in that Chelmsford. Um, and then from there, ran a super race in the Caulfield Cup as well as the Hill Stakes. So, been going super. $51 is over the odds for mine. Um I, I do worry that 3,200 is going to find him out. I think he's a dead set 2,000 to 2,400 metre horse. What did you think of him? Yeah, for sure. Look, in fairness, the market's actually found him a little bit. They've just tapped away at him from 71s into 41s or 51s at the moment. So they're just having a little speck at him at odds here, just as we speak. So that's interesting to me. But I mentioned before coming out of that Caulfield Cup, and I know he's done nothing wrong this prep so far. But coming out of that Caulfield Cup, I just felt like Knights Order outstayed him. They were both on speed. They both had pretty good runs. And he maps to get a better run than Knights Order this time. Again, I just don't know about the strength over 3,200. Tommy Berry comes in with 54. There's a little bit to like there. Or 55 and a half, I should say. So there's a little bit to like there. But I just think there's going to be enough speed on to bring him undone. Number six is without a fight, a very interesting overseas horse. We've got uh, Simon and Ed Crisford for William Buick. Again, another one with 55 and a half kilos. Jumps from gate 18. Just before we get to the horse, I want to chat about Buick. Obviously had a mare on the weekend. This yep. wasn't, it wasn't his day. Mm. I went back and had a look just at the jockey profile. This guy's win percentage, so recent win percentage. So when, when we look at recent win percentage, and that's sort of the last six to 12 months, he's going at 60%. Mm. Yeah. Placings. yeah, that's that's full on. Like, yeah. it's absolutely outrageous. And that includes his eight losses on the weekend. So he's just, yeah. he's flying at the moment. And he's, he's obviously one of the world's best. Um, without a fight, he brings some nice form over here as well. Like, he's had wins at 2,700, 2,800. Um, these are in group races. He ran around mm. a $1.90 favourite um, in a 2,780-metre race and put him mm. in bed there. So, mm. interesting runner for me. What did you find? Yeah, definitely. The SP profile is very important here. Yes, it was a three-horse race, that race that he won uh, last up before last prep. So, that was the $1.90 race. And he won accordingly, though. So, he just put them away as he should. What I like about this horse, he really looks to be a line chaser. If you look at his first up run this time, yes, he was beaten, but he was gone at the 400. He dropped the bit and sort of looked like he was going to run out to last or box on away from him. And he picked up again at the 300 and just charged through the line and actually got up for second in the end. I thought that was a beautiful run, nice blowout. You could tell he was that run short. And I think the important advantage this horse has over the rest of his key European rivals is he comes in second up. That run was yeah. only towards the end of September where a lot of his main dangers, including the favourite, are coming in first up and just relying on their staying prowess to get over 3,200. This horse is jogging on the spot. A couple of wins over 2,800, as you said. Loves a wet track. The favourite hasn't even seen a wet track, let alone a heavy. So there's a lot of things going the way for this horse. Probably the only negative I can find is that barrier. He's going to have yeah. to work some magic from there. Buick, hopefully Saturday gave him the chance just to have a look at the track, have a look at Flemington, and get all the, all the cobwebs out of the road, get the rust out, and now it's time to step in because 
I've, uh, I'm going to make a big, big case for this horse. He's also dropped from 60 and a half kilos, which he's actually um, ridden his last time out, dropping a 55 and a half. So again, another thing that is uh, an advantage over his main dangers, he's going to be top pick for me. For sure, for sure. I really like him as well. I think he's probably the pick of the overseas horses, um, if not top two. Yeah. Number seven, Kamora, obviously coming over from Ireland, has relocated and is now with the Hayes boys. Um, ben Mellum's taking the ride, 55 kilos and jumps from gate seven. Look, he's he's got some nice form. He's got some form at distance as well. He's run over that 2,800 metre distance a fair bit. First time coming to 3,200 like a lot of these horses, but um, you've got to have a bit of a watch when these horses come over and they find a new stable. And as you said, those recent runs, like he's had a recent run on the 11th of September. So he's got a little mm. bit of residual fitness as well. I'm looking at his SP profile, $41, $12, $12, 10. Yeah, I can see why it's 60s. Yeah, for sure. With the last start, he was in the St. Ledger, which is excellent form. That's won by Kiprios, who would come in with three legs and make an absolute mess of this field. So you have to respect that form line. My concern is it's not the run that they were looking for going into a Melbourne Cup. He's beaten 20 lengths and they blame the wet track. So that's a concern going into a rain-affected track this Saturday. The one thing going in his favour is that big drop in weight. If you look at the weights that this horse has carried over there, he hasn't carried sub-60 kilos since 2020. So huge advantage to be dropping down in weight on that Australian weight scale. It's something to keep an eye on there. But I think of the European runners, he's probably towards the bottom in terms of class. Number eight, Doville legend. I know a lot of guys are keen on this horse. Uh, it's for James Ferguson and Kieran McAvoy takes the ride, 55 kilos, jumps from gate nine. He's your $3.70 favourite at the moment. And since Loft has come out of the market, it's pretty much just been one-way traffic in terms of um, just piling into this favourite. So it's four dollars into three seventy just today alone. Um, what's he done? He, well, he El Bodigan, who's run third in a Cox Plate and a very good third first up over here. He put this horse to bed and beat him by four and a half lengths when they last met. So you can see how it's pretty easy to match up the form lines there. He's coming off a nice win at York as well. Doville Legend. He's hard to knock, but bloody short. He's very short, and and like you say. Loft came out of the race and it sucked all the value out. So maybe the market will adjust, but there's been too much support for him. And I think he'll stay at 350, 360 in fairness. Surely they, they have some sort of drift at some point. If there's a God up there, this horse has to drift, surely. But yeah, like you say, he went past straight past El, El Bogadon um, over in York and beat him fair and square. There was no question marks. He was the better horse on the day. El Bogadon, again, came back to the Cox Plate, was super run there. So Frank, the form, definitely, that definitely stands up coming over here. And I guess that's why you got to take the price. It's the A1 form lines. But he finished alongside Hu Yamel, who we'll get to later on, in a race, I think it was three back for this horse. There was not yep. much between them on the day. There was only a head over a similar trip to this. And you've got to take 360 for this horse versus $15 for Hu Yamel. So question marks there. I can't find him at that price, especially with McAvoy on, but it's the one they've identified, isn't it? It's the one they've identified. The big question mark for me, Ned, is the horse, not only has he not seen a heavy track, never seen a soft track. So 3,200, first time on a wet track. There's enough question marks for me to look around. Is out of see the stars and they traditionally go quite well on the wet decks, mm. um, but we know that that doesn't mean absolutely everything. It would be nice to have seen um him have a go on at least the soft ground um we know what these three-year-olds it's northern hemisphere sort of horses how they usually map when they come down here b 
but he didn't get the favours that Rekindling and the likes have had. He's got 55. Of course. I was going to say, those horses that we speak of that fit that same profile, the lightly raced European three-year-olds, always get 52. 52, 51 and a half. This horse comes in and get 55 and there's still been support. So, yeah, enough question marks there. For sure. Stockman, obviously, um, had a little tune-up run on the weekend, which we chatted about on the, pod on the podcast. That's one of the weirder things. This is for Joe Pride. Sammy Clipperton gets the ride, 54 kilos, and jumps from gate two. Look, he, he hasn't done a lot wrong this preparation. Obviously, a really nice win in the St. Ledger, where we were very keen on him around that four or five dollar mark. And he comes here, he's a very well-known wet tracker. He goes probably two, three lengths better in the wet. Um, is he a Melbourne Cup horse? I'm not entirely sure. And I don't know about having a 2,000 meter run after a 2,600 meter run three days out from the biggest race of the year. Like, I just, yeah. What are you yeah. doing, Joe? Oh, look, essentially, they gave him a race day barrier trial on Saturday in that Gold Cup, and he ran accordingly, didn't he? He didn't threaten at all. He just stayed out the back and just ran through the line. That was a genuine dead set barrier trial. But prior to that, he was very good on that wet track, beating Cadre, Dunoir, and Arapahoe. Um, that was over 2,600. So it's not a huge step up in trip, especially when you normally find slowly run Melbourne Cups. We'll have to see how the tempo is uh, tomorrow. But I just have to oppose him. I don't know if he's got the class. And the last time we saw him at 3,200, he's beaten 13 lengths by night's order at the Sydney Cup. $41 into 26. So someone thinks that he's a chance. And um, look, I suppose the wet ground is just a massive tick in his favour. Number 10, Vow and Declare for Danny O'Brien. Blake Shin takes the ride at 54 kilos and he jumps from gate four. Look, this is one of the knockout chances for me. I know he's obviously won a cup previously. He's been building into his preparation absolutely beautifully. His run in the Bart Cummings was fantastic. His start before that as well, over 2,500, was really, really good. And then obviously Caulfield Cup, he just didn't get enough clear galloping room, but he's a dead set Flemington horse. There's no question marks about the 3,200 for me. And he finally gets down in the weights. He gets the 54 kilos. He was battling away at 60s and 62s and 58s. He's now got 54 in a race that we know that he could probably win. Yeah, definitely. I just think he lacks that same zip that he had two years ago. I think that's fair to say, but he's been ticking along beautifully this prep. You touched on that Caulfield Cup run. He was caught wide. He did carry 54 and a half, so he was starting to get back down in the weights already, but he was caught wide and didn't have a lot of luck in the run, but was very good again. And this has always been a target, whereas some of these other Australian horses have you know, had to rely on winning races to get in. They're ready to go. They've just eased him on 75, 80% for most of his starts. And he's turned up here. Again, I just don't think he has that same zip that he had a couple of years ago and have to oppose. Number 11 is Young Verter. It's for Danny O'Brien. Frosty Lane takes the ride, 54 kilos, and he jumps from gate 21. Um, safe to say he hasn't run over 3,200 before, but this guy is genuinely an out-and-out stayer. Like, he's third start he was running around in a derby and running around as a very short price favorite in that derby as well where he was knocked off by johnny get angry his cox plate run was full of merit though like he i know he's finished 10th similar to gold trip but he didn't get a lot of clear running either and in behind horses like animo and stuff at wait for age where he has 59 he drops to 54 here after a pretty good run in the turnbull previously as well He's a chance at $41. Yeah, definitely. And he's only, only comes into this fourth up. So there's definite improvement to come. And I think importantly as well, he's only had a handful of starts in his entire career. So we've yet to see the best of this horse and maybe getting him up to 3,200, we do get to see the absolute best. You touch on he's an out and out stayer. He does have that style of running, doesn't he? He just sort of gallops through and big lugging thing. And the Cox Plate in the Mooney Valley track definitely wasn't his go, but he acquitted himself well, only three lengths behind Animo. 
So that's pretty good form going into this. And finished not too far away from the, the top weight gold trip. I thought they were pretty similar, similar runs. Both had not a lot of uh, luck in behind them and both ran pretty well. You're taking $41 for Young Werther and Gold Troop who's got, uh, what's that, three and a half more kilos yep. is $15, $16. So mm. with that being the case, I'm leaving this horse in well and truly in my numbers. I love the booking of Lane riding at 54. I think he's a genuine KO chance getting up to 3,200. I know the barrier is going to be a negative. He'll get back. But as you say, you know, more often than not in a 3,200 race, there's say 12 to 13 horses that don't run out the trip. You'd expect that every horse gets their chance. Number 12, Huya Mal. It's another overseas runner that we made mention of before. Um, he's obviously ran alongside Doville Legend in, in similar races. Um, for Gay and Adrian, Craig Williams takes the ride at 53 and a half kilos, Barry at 15, and he's another one of these Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds. He gets a little bit more of a weight relief than Doville Legend does. He gets the 53 and a half kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a go on the heavy. He's had a win on the soft. Um, he's ran a place on the heavy, in fact. And he's running in races like the St. Ledger over in England. So it's very quality races. Um, Gay and Adrian have a very good opinion of this horse. I did hear she did come out and say, it might not be easier this year, but this is going to be a cup horse for us for, next, for the next few years. Yeah, definitely. And if you take that St. Ledger flop out of the equation, this horse looks a terrific chance. You touched on he's got that Doville legend form and they finished only ahead from each other a couple back. And this is a horse that ran second in an Epsom derby over there. So... You talk about sort of ledger form, derby form. You've got to have this horse rock hard in the market. And C. Williams would have had three or four options going into this race, and he's landed on this. So take that as you will. I think the, the discrepancy between him and the favourite Doville legend is too much. I'd be more inclined to back it instead of Doville legend. I've got it just outside of the numbers. I respect it a lot, but you can't back them all. Paying a lot of respect to this, and I wouldn't be surprised if this horse won. Number 13 is Serpentine, obviously backing up from the weekend where it ran around the Archer Stakes for Robert Hickmont. Johnny Allen with the ride here at 53 and a half from gate 23. I've got to say, this is this is over the odds for me at $67. I know the backup is always intriguing, but it does work for some horses. This bloke was just warming up late in the Archer Stakes. He led, did it reasonably tough out in front. Surefire came up beside him and he actually... He actually took ground off him in the last 150 metres. It was a strange old run. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he's look, he's one of the main speed influences here. He's going to whip across them from 23. Um, but I just thought he was well held on surefire through the line. He did look like he was going to threaten at the 200, 250, where he came up underneath him. But, you know, surefire doesn't back up into this race and you still get, what's that, $81 here for, for Serpentine. I just think not here. Fair enough. Uh, number 14 is Darshan Sweet Jr. for Philip Stokes. Daniel Moore, 53 kilos, jumps from gate 13. And we know what he did. I mean, a Sydney Cup on a bog heavy track last year. He ran a very, very good second um, in behind Knight's order. He's, look, what price is he? He's $41. I don't know. He, he's, he's had a go at the distance, which is obviously a massive tick. We speak about the fact that a lot of these horses haven't. He has. Mm, He's mm. had the crack at the Sydney Cup and the Adelaide Cup where he's ran over 3,200. Um, what do you think? Like, is he a chance? Well, he was dominant in the Adelaide Cup over 3,200. And that day that we speak about on the Sydney Cup, impossible to make up ground. And this horse came from a little bit further back in the field, the night's order. Taking a little bit of ground off, but it was an absolute bog heavy track that day. So I'm not reading too much into that. I'm treating this horse as franked and you can have confidence it's going to run out the 3,200. I don't know how well it's tr- uh, been treated at the weights, considering this horse's class. I'd like to see it a little bit further down. 
but I thought he was pretty good and he stuck on well behind Luna Fair last time out. And I actually respect that form, that Bart Cummings form. I thought it was an okay race, more so than the Caulfield Cup. So I would be more inclined to, to look through that form line. But I think $41 is a fair price. I think he can run top 10, but I'm not going to be with him. Number 15, Grand Promenade. He obviously ran sixth in this race last year and was he was, he was in the market, to be perfectly fair. So they've got, gone with a similar sort of um, preparation into this race. And it does seem as though this has been the clear target for Mara and Eustace. Harry Coffey takes the ride with 53 kilos and he jumps from that terrible gate in the car, which is gate one. It just mm. seems to be a nightmare gate to be jumping from. Yep. Um, look, he's got the runs on the board at the track and distance. He's had a go once. Um, and then in terms of um, running at Flemington, it's where he does his best work. He's had three wins here as well. Um, the heavy, heavy ground is a worry, but soft track seems to be something in his favour. He's, what, $81? Yeah, definitely. I think the price is fair for him as well. You touched on gate one. It's normally poison in that massive field. You might just get cluttered up in behind them. So it's going to take a massive steer from Harry Coffey to get him out in clear air and give him his every possible chance. But I just think this time around, he's not going as well as he was going in last year. I think considering that, just looking at his last run in the Mooney Valley Cup was pretty poor for mine. I don't think that's the run you want to take going in. Number 16, Arapaho, obviously coming out of mainly Sydney races, um, ran in the Metrop and ran around. He's been in the market for pretty much all of his races and he's had some, some big weights to carry. He drops to 52 and a half kilos here for Rachel King and Bjorn Baker and jumps from gate 19. I don't think this horse is up to a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I think he was, he's, I think you're right there. He's well beaten last time out behind Stockman uh, in that race we touched on. I think he's need to start running now. <laughs> Number 17 is Emissari. It's down in the weights with 51 and a half kilos for Patrick Maloney and Mike Maroney. Jumps from gate three and obviously a pretty impressive Geelong Cup win. That was beating Shawfire and put Shawfire away by a good length there. And Shawfire's come out and won on the weekend what that means in terms of the scheme of this Melbourne cup is probably irrelevant, realistically $35. So they've kept him safer than some of the ones we've mentioned in our last few horses, 51 and a half kilos is the big plus, but he's come, he's won. He won his last start. It's got to yep. be it's a start. Yeah, definitely. It was a very good swoopers win as well. And surefire, if you have an opinion of, you touched on, he came out Frank the form on Saturday in that small field. I just think the Geelong Cup is never the A1 form going into the Melbourne Cup. And I really do think this horse needs a good track to show its best. Number 18 is Luna Flair, obviously in behind Francesco Guardi in that Mooney Valley Cup. Um, Graham Begg, Michael D takes the ride, 51 and a half kilos from gate 12. I personally don't have a great opinion of this horse. I don't think it absolutely reeks talent, but it's $20 in this market. Um, you love the Francesco Guardi form. Mm. What do you take out of that? Like a couple of lengths behind it. Is it is it a play for you in any way? Is it well, do you keep it safe? It's I wouldn't say it's a play, but if Francesco Guardi turned up here, I would be having a play on it. So yeah. with that being the case, I've got to respect Luna Flair in some capacity. She already punched her ticket into the Melbourne Cup, winning that Bart Cummings. So you have to look at the Mooney Valley Cup as just the prep run. They weren't, that wasn't the target. They weren't looking to win that race. They left her out the back and she still came home with clearly the best last 600 of that race. I thought she was a very good winner the time before over 2,500. She profiles to me as a horse that will enjoy stepping up to 3,200. I thought she was doing very good work through the line and just sort of gave up the last 50 knowing she wasn't going to run down Francesca Guardi, who was dominant, but did beat it um, that start before in the Bart Cummings. And 
like I say, I've got a big opinion of Francesco, so I've got to respect Luna Flair. She's just outside my numbers, but massive respect. And Mick D's on fire. He's he's on an absolute heater after his derby win on the weekend. Um, Caulfield yeah. Cup win. The bloke, the bloke's on fire. He really, really is. And they've kept Luna Flair very safe, like 20 to 1 in this race. So if you like her, maybe there's something there. Um, number 19, Smoke and Romans for Mar and Eustace. Jamie Carr taking the ride here, 51 and a half kilos from gate 16. Look, he he won a Turnbull. He won, he won in a great style. And then he came out and he was a $3.90 favourite in the Caulfield Cup. And he was okay. I, I think if you take SP out of it, you'd come out of the race thinking that was an okay run. Um, the horse goes okay um, when the ground isn't good as well. He, he doesn't mind getting his toe in. I don't mind him. I don't think he's in my top four, but... Oh. I think going from $3.90 uh, $3. in the Caulfield Cup to now $16, he's now he's, he's at his right price. Yeah, definitely. He's been weighted to win two of his last three. Um, and he obviously did so in pretty good fashion, but also got the run of the race. You mentioned that last time at the Caulfield Cup. I'm of the opinion that you need to forgive. Jamie Carr got off and said he, she absolutely got no running transit and there was no luck at all. So for any backers of Smoke and Romans, I would forgive. I would need to see something bigger than $16. Again, I question the depth of the Caulfield Cup form and the Turnbull form. I'm just not so sure about it going into this race. And more importantly, Smoke and Romans doesn't map to get that same run from 16 as you normally do. For sure. Um, Charlie Rose is number 20 for Simon Wilde and Dean Yendel. Um, gate 22, obviously coming out of the Caulfield Cup as well. Um, gets in with the lightweight as most of the mares do, but safe to say she hasn't really done a whole lot this preparation yeah not going well enough not for me number 22 high emotion obviously number 21 uh point nepean came out of the race who i actually thought was a little bit of a smoky chance in this race which is a bit a bit disappointing mm. um high emotion here for marin eustace tio nugent uh 50 kilos from gate eight uh what price are we looking at here 35 dollars coming out of a really nice bendigo cup win um Again, if you want to talk about the Geelong Cup form not being the form, I don't think the Bendigo Cup form is. Yeah, I think it's even worse off than the Geelong Cup form. Didn't have the best running transit behind Luna Flair in the Bart Cummings. So it actually came out and franked the form in the Bendigo Cup. But like I say, that's not the, the run you want to be going into. It did beat a handy type in Port Phillip, who's, uh, you know, if you've got an opinion around of that horse, but would need to live considerably. This next horse is just an absolute mindfuck for me. 23 interpretation for Ma and David Eustace. Craigie knew it, so it got the ride at 50 kilos and gate six. It's it's actually, it's a it's a gelding. It's a four-year-old and gets in with 50. So nice lightweight for it. Um, it ran sixth in behind Emissary and Shawfire in the Geelong Cup that day. The heavy track is a little bit of a query. It's had five cracks on the soft for only the one win. Um, and on the heavy, it's had a go and didn't run a place. I just, they keep it safe in markets. Like it's been a $7 shot, been favourite in a couple of runs, including um, the Bart Cummings where it ran third. I just, now you get this price of $46 and it feels like it's been the target. I, I don't know. I feel like this horse is a bit of a chance. There is a bit to like about it. The 50 kilos, gate six, maps really well to be just in behind the speed and looks like it's going to get every chance to run out this 32. It does have a run over 3,000 as well. So semi-franked at the uh, at the distance range. It was lame last time out in the Geelong Cup. So that's a forgive for mine. That's another out of intrigue to this horse as well. I can't back them all. I can't have it 
um, tomorrow. I'd need to see it in something easier. I just think they're aiming this horse a little bit too high. Final runner is number 24, Realm of Flowers for Anthony and Sam Friedman and Damien Thornton. It was scratched from the weekend where we both gave it a nice push in the race, but it it gets its spot um, in the Melbourne Cup now with a few emergencies. Um, sorry, with a few horses coming out and it being an emergency initially. Um, we don't have to say much more than what we did during the week, but I'm sure you'll touch on it completely luckless in the Metrop and hit the line super beating home horses like Durston. Yeah, definitely. And we were both keen on Saturday. You touched on that. They must have got the mail sort of Friday, maybe Saturday morning and scratched her out of the race that they are in. So well done to them. They've got in and they've managed to get on, on the absolute minimum. So 50 kilos is absolutely perfect for this horse. She won't know herself coming into this race. And you touched on that Metrop win. Yes, no compromise hasn't exactly franked the form, but Durston was in behind her that day and Stockman was as well. They both come out and have a win their next start. So you can trust that form going through. I think this is a real knockout chance. I would have liked to have seen a bigger price. I think $10 is a touch skinny for her, but she's had a run over 3,200 in the Sydney Cup and she was unlucky not to finish closer that day as well. Again, I'll keep coming back to it. It was a bog track and no horses are making up ground. So that's a complete forgive. She doesn't have to be too far back either from five. I think Thornton can be pretty positive and get her up in at least that first half or just off midfield, which is the A1 spot for me. Peel off heels and hopefully get her chance. I think she's the real KO chance to blouse them. It's pretty exciting. We've got obviously one of the biggest, probably the biggest race that Australia is known for. It's the race that stops the nation. And we've just gone through all 23 runners. It's going to be an absolute ripper. You're going to be there, are you? Yeah, I'll be there, mate. I'll be there ready. That's exciting. Um, look, let's run through our top fours. I'm happy for you to go first. You made me go first in the Cox Park. <laughs> I'm going to okay. throw it on for this one. Uh, okay. Let rip. Yeah, look, without a fight. Top pick for me, $10, I think it is acceptable price. I think it should be $7, $8 around that mark there. Favourite is way too short for mine. This is more of a bet for me. Importantly, it comes into this second up. So it's got a good fitness base. Pay no attention to that run uh, first up. It was just a run to get to fitness in the legs. They knew they were coming here. That run was only late September. So coming into this second up, loves a wet track. No question marks there. Two wins over 2,800. I think it runs out the trip. Top pick. Realm of Flowers, we just touched on as well down the bottom. 50 kilos, barrier five. Thornton, I think, is excellent setup. Frank to 3,200, also enjoys a wet track. And I can't ignore that run last time out in the Metrop. Clear second pick. Be having win bets on both. Young Werther is the knockout chance for me. I really liked his run in the Cox Plate. And I thought he was a probably similar run to Gold Trip. And you're taking double the price for him. So $41, I think he's at at the moment. Excellent each way price. He goes in. Doville legend, I have to respect it. Even if I don't like the price, I have to throw it in for fourth. You've got to respect those form lines that it comes through beating Elbow Godon and coming into a race like this without a lot of 3,200 depth. So if he gets the trip, he's going to be very, very hard to beat. I found it pretty difficult to pick one on top. I do agree without a fight, but I'm, I'm going to go the way of Montefilia. I have to have her on top. I thought her run um, in the Caulfield Cup was fantastic and also, those late sectionals that you mentioned previously, that's just really good to know that she's running in the top seven today. Um, she was luckless in that race. I know that she handles a wet track as well. Um, it appears that this has been the target the whole way through. So I'm with Montefilia. Without a fight, second pick there um, for all the points that you've mentioned. Uh, it seems to be the horse from overseas that I think maps the best for, for a Melbourne Cup campaign. Um, I've, I've got to be on side with it around that $10 mark. 
Deauville legend again, respecting that El Bodigan form is just so hard to ignore. Like you've beaten that horse by four and a half lengths and he's run a really good race in behind our best. I'm at weight for age level. And Vaughn Declare is the roughie for me, $27. I think he's, I know he's probably not going as well as he was um, when he won the cup a couple of years ago, but I don't think he's as far away as some people think. And I think finally getting back down to 54 kilos and he's just built into the prep really nicely. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him run top four. Super race. What a super race. I'm so excited that the Europeans are back as well, Ned. Not that I want yeah. them to win. I always want to see an Aussie horse win, but it just adds that element of quality and that bit of excitement. Absolutely. Um, look, good luck if you are having a play. If you are just interested and you're going to be watching the race, we hope that we've given you some insight. Um, Jackson, as always, brother, it's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy your day at the track tomorrow. Have you actually, have you been before to the cup? Yes, three years ago I went. It was an awesome day. That was the year Vian Declare won. So that was a great day. And uh, if anyone remembers a horse called Il Paradiso, uh, oh, go and go and have a Nurofen, go and have a Panadol now because I was on heavy. Uh, and yeah, just go back and watch that head on and uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. $21 it was, the three-year-old from the Northern Hemisphere as well. I was definitely on board, if you couldn't tell. Um, look, good luck if you're having a play. Good luck to me with having a heart attack and potentially losing his gig placement when he tries to watch it in the corner of his eye. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Jackson, mate, been a pleasure, brother. Always is, mate. Good luck, guys.